You're listening to Buttercuts. It's Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. On today's episode, we talk about the week's tournaments in review. Roars is back in the winner's circle and a Euro star in the making. We'll see that and a lot more. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Buttercuts podcast. Weston, how was your weekend? Oh, busy and golfy. <laughs> how about you? Same, busy, obviously, uh, yesterday being Mother's Day. Um, hung out with the, the fam, hung out with the wife. Um, but yes, got, definitely got some golf in on uh, Friday and Saturday, which is was nice. Um, I think, yeah, Friday and Saturday. No, did I do Friday? I don't remember. Saturday for sure. No, nothing on Friday. That was last week. I've actually been getting out a little bit more. Uh, got uh, six holes in today, mm. this this evening. So that's always a bonus. Yeah. And in our quest to play some golf together this year, we yep. almost made it happen <laughs> accidentally <laughs> this um, this week. But but yeah, ended up at Wolf Creek on Saturday and. I was there in the morning. You were there in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um, your first time playing the course. I've played it a number of times. So um, it's one of the reasons I have actually have a fun fun fact. It's one of the reasons uh, my right shoulder is actually left left shoulder <laughs> is not as strong as it should be. So, oh. 18th hole, um, in the rough, right rough. You, <laughs> uh, there was in a junior tournament and went to go get one, and there was uh, something, I think like a rock or something underneath, <laughs> and it <laughs> stopped abruptly. Uh, wasn't <laughs> the best feeling, feeling in the world, but, uh, actually caused a little uh, rotator strain. So oh, the, um, some of it's been my fault, not <laughs> not tending to, to it as well as I should, but, but yeah, still gives me a little bit of bother. So bummer. Yeah. But like I said, but yeah, a lot of it's my own little, doing. Good little course up there. Um, yeah, I, I think in a month or so, it'll be in just exquisite condition. But uh, kind of, you know, winter hit it pretty hard in some areas. So in, in some spots, um, and I feel like if they could just get a really solid super up there that knew how to work with what they had with the winters. I mean, sometimes yeah. obviously you have no control of what what winter gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes, and you. Know, like I said, if you get up there and play it again this this summer, sometimes it can get too wet in spots. Um, but other than that, like I said, a really solid track. You, you know, you made mention to me that it's it's probably the one of the tougher sixty hundred yard courses you played, <laughs> and that's, I mean, it got a little windy. Um, that day it was windy all day, so it was windy for us in the morning. It sounds mm-hmm. like it was windy for you in the afternoon, um, but with some of the how the green complexes are and some of those holes, the the wind can can wreak havoc. So, yeah, no, it was a great design course. You you don't feel like you're playing the same hole twice. Uh, there was enough diversity through the course, enough um, altitude changes between you know tee to green that. It really was, um, really was a great designed course for being 6,800 yards. And, you know, considering that it's at 5,200 feet altitude, yeah. it, it doesn't play 6,800 at all. Uh-huh. It plays about 6,300. But, um, but for that course to, to be designed the way it is, like if it was a par three, I think every par three had at least three bunkers guarding the green. 
yeah. or water around the front. So they're just, even though like one, one par three was only 145 yards, but massive elevation change, um, probably around, you know, 60 feet or more. And then yeah. they're out of bounds, like 10 paces right behind the green. Yeah. And then there's four bunkers around it. And then yes. it's a table or upside down bowl green. So if you just miss it by a foot, you're, yeah. you're down a 20 foot slope. And so <laughs> it's just, it's one of those courses that keeps you on your yeah. toes. And short, um, short left in that little, little out <laughs> is the way to go. We're not, yeah. it, but I went there, pushed it a little bit short. Um, missed it, hit it, just caught the bunker, came back in. So I had a little short shot of bunker shot. I actually hit a really good bunker shot out of there to about two feet. Mm -hmm. But you're right, especially with where the wind was going, right? The wind was, was oh. it, it was behind you. Was it behind you? Yep. Yeah, on that one. So playing downhill, 145, playing <laughs> uh, 95. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Well, and, and funny enough, you mentioned the wind. I don't know what it was, but it felt like the wind was in my face on every par five on the course. I don't, it just, it just came out that way, but the wind just was always blowing. Yeah, definitely. So, definitely was on the, the second par five on the front. Yeah. Um, it sounds like from, if I remember right. So like I said, I, I've been toying with, uh, switching to cross-handed and that lasted uh uh probably uh, when did it when did i like finally just stop it <laughs> on the on the back side i think is when i finally just yeah nine i hit a putt and i was like okay switched back to just conventional um yeah just have no feel especially when you know hit a really good shot i i think it was like 10 feet on one. Uh, and like I said, it's not the long is driver six iron on two. Yeah. Um, and then three, probably three, three jibble. <laughs> um, so there was, there was some of that going on. So what it, on number four mm -hmm. downhill peninsula, I guess it's, it's a peninsula green par three yeah um what'd you do there well, i hit a sand wedge um just to the left left center of the green and then two putt i mean yeah. pretty pretty ho-hum but the sand wedge was it was a pretty big club uh or a pretty big swing just to get it there because if you put too much well, if you get enough spin on a downwind shot, it actually knocks it down. So right. I had to like flight it so it didn't get cut down and, and drop sooner. But uh, yeah, just a just a 54. Okay. Did you guys play the back tees? Or did you guys yep. play it up tees? I played the backs. It's a long, it was like 170. Well, really? Did we get the wrong tee box? <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking about the wrong hole here. I'll have to pull it up. You're thinking the dat this the short oh. you're I'm I'm talking about the peninsula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hit made on. <laughs> okay. I punched. I, yeah. I was like, I was like, dang, I know you're long. <laughs> Come on now. I hit a soft eight cut and I wanted it to land soft because the greens were firm and I just yeah. I knocked it to about 18 feet and then just two yeah. putt. I was pin high left and yeah, it just that's a good spot. right, right at the end. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's like I said, that's a good one. That one's like, say, it's usually windy. So it kind of gives you, and then they protect it with a bunker right behind it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a really, like, it's not a long hole, right? You've got an eight iron, but you, you, you can't really bell <laughs> anywhere no. on that one. Maybe long left so that you don't, get bunker or water yeah only one there that's so. actually my playing partner pull hooked his shot right onto that utility path and was able to that was like the perfect bailout and he he pitched out from there back onto the green 
So yeah, uh, but yeah, left and long is really the only potential bailout. Um, yeah, the par five after that was just into the teeth of the wind. Yeah, and it was already a five seventy, but I swear that thing played like six twenty. It played. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a little floater and then hit a hit a five wood right in front of the left green side bunker, which yeah. that's a spot like you said came out of the the winter a little rough right there yeah <laughs> not not a great one but that one's a tough little little green where it kind of is like just a little has basically have you know there your front little area and then yeah. it kind of goes out into like a little try i don't even know what shape you'd call that the fidget spinner <laughs> yeah no it, it well it's it's a very shallow green and that's what protects the par five yeah. really well like five paces and you're already front to back on in the meaty part of the green so yeah um but yeah that, that pin was tucked right behind the bunker and i i i hit a good drive just a little bit left of the trap and then i skanked a three iron up to about 40 50 yards to the pin mm -hmm. and then i just threw a lob wedge in the air and it had no chance and it rolled <laughs> pretty much to the back of the green so yeah it's yeah it's a really solid course i think probably the best holes on that course is the so you got five the par five and then six that par three that you were talking about yeah but seven that par four mm -hmm. is just really solid right it's a really solid oh. that green is it just it goes kind of runs up from left to right and kind of there's a shelf there yeah it's just it, it's a really good hole because it kind of zigzags off the tee. So you're not yeah. sure where to line it up, but there's this pine right on the left that if you just yeah. clear that, it's you're, dead perfect. Yeah, you're perfect. Um, and I, I put a drive up there perfect and I hit a, a, a pitching wedge in and I hit the green and I bounced into the bunker behind the hole. <laughs> so I was in that same bunker, not an easy yep. shot for, no. for where the pin was, for kind of back left. And if you know Utah golf, there's just, there's no ability for these bunkers to hold any sand. And so that was the first bunker I was in. And there was literally an eighth inch of sand before yeah. there was clay under the ball. There was, and I kind of it was actually out. softer than I thought. And I actually played the wrong shot coming out of it. Um, so, <laughs> but Good hold up. yeah, that one. And then number nine, the par five is a really solid hole it's just it's a three shot hole it's a three shot par five it is it is with with tight you really can't go for it with the water in the front but no. all in all, i mean you have to smoke a drive and that it, i would have gone for it had i not had wind but yeah. i i pured a drive right down the center and i still had like 255 in and I'm like, I can't get a hybrid there in the teeth of this wind. Yeah. And there's just this huge well, pond. Just it circles half the green, literally yeah. half of it. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just not worth it. Not worth it at all. So, no, good solid course. Like I said, get out and play it. Um, if you're in the U the Ogden area, I guess is yeah. where it's closest to. Um, for our non-Utah listeners, when you get in here, go up and give it a give it a look. Um, views are great, nice, quiet mountain yeah. course that that really doesn't play super mountainish, if if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, it's not your typical mountain course for sure. So, really solid holes uh, when they get the greens running quick like they weren't um, today a lot of those holes which you, when you get back to front greens they can they've got a lot of tilt to them yeah. and they can get super fast and and super hard so oh but yeah sooner or later we'll we'll make a round happen and not just <laughs> on the same course on the same day different times <laughs> but um so this weekend was uh, a Walker Cup, which is the amateur 
version of the Ryder Cup. Yeah. I've played at uh, Seminole Golf Club, which Seminole, the last year or so, has been getting a lot of uh, TV time <laughs> with, yeah. with, the, with the course course that's pretty kind of locked down. Um, they had the the match with Rory and, and Matt Wolf and, and those guys last year. Um, so it got its first, you got your first kind of peek at the Seminole Golf Club, which is just a classic, you know, design course, just really, you know, one of the always in the perennial, I think it's top 10 ends up in the Golf Digest top 100 uh, courses in, in the U S but it's just, you know, really classic architecture going on. And from all, all respects, I didn't get to watch any of it. I've got it recorded and I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, if anything, just to, to see the course a little bit more and to see how these amateurs kind of took it on. Um, especially with what I was hearing with where it's firm and fast, uh, the U S got the victory a 14, 12 victory over great Britain and Ireland. Um, amidst some, some food poisoning, sounds like there was some stomach issues and, uh, Stravaci ended up actually in the hospital on Friday morning. Um, and then back to it, but there, but yeah, they get a U.S. gets a 14, 12 to retain the cup, um, mainly on the backs of, uh, Ricky Castello Castillo and, um, Cole Hammer, who went a combined four, three, and one in their matches. So more than half of the points were from those two players. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of crazy there. But yeah. And that's that's a brutal course. I was just looking at the course slope and rating 76 on a 148. Yeah. And from what all accounts, it was running like super fast. Like yeah, super fast and and firm and it was it was blowing. So um excited to watch it um here in the next couple of days just to to get the true sense of what it was going on. But still a pretty cool thing. A lot of golf was going on this weekend and, and uh I was having a busy weekend, had a lot to going on. So didn't really get to watch a lot of that, didn't get to watch a ton of golf. Tried to watch some of the LPGA since it was on late at night. Uh, tried to watch a little bit of that Saturday night, and that didn't <laughs> didn't work out so well. Ended up falling asleep part of the way through it. But um, and then I don't think Corn Ferry is still not on on TV. So only thing that I know about the Corn Ferry tour is that Austin Smotherman. Uh, wins <laughs> by three shots um, and beats out Carl Yoon, Yoon and Paul Holly the second uh, shoots a 69 shoots actually three straight 69s to get it to that after a opening round 65 nice. uh, to claim the victory there it's, it is his his first victory on the corn Ferry tour. So he's on his, on his way. I think he's said he's 20th in the top 25. So trying to secure his card for next year, but sooner or later, they'll start having these, these corn Ferry events on TV. Uh, so <laughs> we can get a little look at, uh, at these guys. So, uh, but congratulations to Austin on getting his first win. Um, but like I talked about earlier, uh, the LPGA tour tried to watch, watch that a little bit, um, but didn't get a lot in also watched a few shots on the, of the champion store, uh, where Alex Chica 
at the region's traditions gets his first champions tour victory. Um, he won in the, in a playoff against Ryder cup captain, Steve Stricker. Yeah. Um, who's been playing some really good golf as of late, but seems to be a lot of playoffs lately in all these, these tournaments. I'm surprised this was the, the only, only one this week. Well, that's, it, that was, that was pretty in, interesting there because you've got two guys that basically just, you know, separated themselves from the field. Next place, third place was four strokes back. And then Alex and Steve, you know, go at it, but 18 under and four rounds. That's, that's golf. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's like I said, it was their first. So it was his first champion store victory and it was a four round event on the champions tour because it's a major for the champions tour. So he gets his first win on the, the champions tour. And it's, it's a, it's a major victory for, for Cheka, which is like I said, is Alex obviously was a solid player on the PGA tour, but nothing like you're not going to say he was a great player on the, on the PGA tour. Yep. And goes out and he's been competing pretty regularly on the, on the senior tour. So it's interesting to see these guys like Acheca really go out and, and relish their, their opportunity to, to compete on the, the champions tour. We've mentioned the LPGA, the Honda LPGA in Thailand. Um, hometown girl, Arya Jutanagarn fires a 63 to win in her home country. Uh, but it seems like every week on the LPGA tour, someone's firing a, a super low final round to, 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 to claim victory. Um, but as we, we've talked about before, I don't know why the PGA can't do more of what the LPGA tour is doing. Right. They were in yeah. Singapore, Thailand, um, just kind of moving around the globe and, and having their tournaments, which is, it's kind of fun to see and watch, you know, obviously sometimes it's harder to watch cause it was on it basically 11 till <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I wonder how hard it is for the PGA tour to, to get all of their equipment and setup. Cause that's part of it, right? You got to produce the product of the tournament. How hard it would it be for the PGA tour to get, all the track bands and all the the laser finders for the data and everything out there. Um, I, I figure that's a pretty big process and that's probably one they are shying away from. Yeah. I'm, it can't be that. I mean, if the LPGA tour can do it, I mean, they can, they can do it just the, the same. So it just doesn't make sense that they, they don't do it more. Um, but I don't know. It's crazy to see, though. Fun to watch. I mean, she, like I said, she just blisters the field. But there was, you know, a couple of 64s that day, too, for her to, you know. But she comes and wins by one with firing a nice little 63 to, to claim to claim victory which is golfing your your ball oh yeah bogey free nonetheless so fun fun golf uh, on there i'm just trying to see lydia co another really solid finish hannah green after the disappointment last week um ends up in the top 10 again and uh Patty T, which is the long hitter from Thailand, ends up in a, a tie for third. Um, so another solid finish for her. Um, even though she's ends up two shots back, was leading, I believe, going into the round. Um, but shoots a final round 70 to 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 get nipped um, by a couple of shots. So no, fun to fun to watch those ladies play and it's kind of fun to see scores shot, how they, how they're, they're playing. Right. And you've had, I think last week, 
shot a 65 to win is it because we were talking about backdooring it with a 65 or 64 <laughs> um last week and then uh not backdooring it this this week because i believe that uh oh kind of kind uh, of um yeah Athea. definitely i mean she, she both i mean bogey 17 but you know doesn't really do anything he's one over and basically she's even on the back yeah to to lose her lead and um yeah i mean i guess patty t birdies are last two holes to to get within two after making it a double on the 12th hole yeah just or it doesn't really come out guns a blazing yeah, on she, that she definitely could have could have made a charge there but you know shooting two under on a day when the scoring average probably looks like four under <laughs> um yeah not, not the best golf on her part but tough position crazy and then that brings us to the european tour uh the canary in the championships um garrett kigo we've heard his name <laughs> second time in in three weeks yeah uh, and guys playing some some great golf and not just winning but i think both his wins are by five plus shots <laughs> mm -hmm. and both his wins um long hitting lefty um who will be playing in the pga championship later this month yeah but you just you know you gotta ask yourself when is his when is he just gonna I don't want to say abandon, but <laughs> when is he going to kind of ditch the the European tour and start playing a little bit more over in the U.S.? Because um, it seems like he's got the game. I mean, I think this is his third, fourth win on the European tour in his second in the last three weeks. So he's definitely um making a name for himself and, and really just handling handling it out there well, let's see let's yeah i mean that, that's got to be some kind of scoring record on the european tour in 27 under like that's ridiculous he definitely blitz the field one by six he's yeah, maybe he's just a comfy position. Like, I'm going to hang out on the European tour and just keep racking up wins. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, his last his last four events, he goes a tie fourth, win, <laughs> tie eighth, and then another yeah. win. So doing, yeah, doing some yeoman's work um on there no only three um european tour wins two of those in the last three weeks but it's the funny thing is is if you look at his race to dubai rank he's fit <laughs> right because i don't think because he, he didn't play in the masters yeah um, you've got all these guys over here in the in the u.s because of where they're at mm-hmm in the world golf rankings which now he's 51st and so he'll start to get play he'll start to play in some of these these bigger events um but he's got two wins basically hasn't finished outside the top 10 in his last four events uh, with two wins and is only ranked fifth <laughs> on the rolex ranking i think yeah. i think uh billy horschel's actually leading the race to Dubai <laughs> points. <laughs> Just played well the majors and the world golf championships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, this guy has been turning up. He's 76 under in his last four tournaments. Like yeah. think about that. That's not, not bad. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Not so, bad. So, like I said, we'll see how he does uh, over here at the end of the month, and maybe that kicks off his his PGA Tour kind of go at it. 
like I said, he's got the length for it. Um, seems to have a really good short game, but you just never know. It's definitely different over over here in the U.S. on the PGA Tour than it is uh, on the European Tour. So, I'd, yes, it I'd, is. I definitely want to see him compete because watching him a little bit, um, I think he's got the game. Uh, but we'll see whether he can take it on. But um, the name that we haven't heard in a while gets a win on the PGA Tour at the Wells Fargo Championship. Yeah, speaking of Euros. Yeah, Euros. <laughs> Rory gets his uh, 19th career win and his third Wells Fargo Championship title. Um, but this is by far the best I've seen Rory. Oh yeah. Top to bottom in a really long time. Yeah. But I think, what did it say is strokes game putting was like ridiculous. <laughs> if, if I, rem if I remember right, I think they, Oh, let me see his full. He statistics. was really solid for the week. Yeah. I think it was like, he was tight tied fourth strokes gained or fourth strokes gained. I'm trying to pull it up here. Let's see. Stats. But yeah. Of course. Seven, no. It was 6.9. So he was, he, he had seven strokes gained on putting, which is yeah. which amazing. For, for him, whatever yeah. he's been working on it's working well yeah. no kidding so yeah averaging 75 percent greens and regulation so just solid ball striking week uh 324 off the tee that's just yeah. ridiculous <laughs> and yeah. i what i think what really helped him i mean obviously the fairways are firm but the biggest thing for rory during this tournament if you watch his swing he really focused on playing a fade and the commentators actually mentioned that like he was trying to hit a fade off of everything with his driver and it was working incredibly well you didn't see him kind of swing out wide and then drop it inside and get you know really aggressive from the inside and hit those draws or even snap hooks yeah he, um, he really came down the line on it and it was it was beautiful it was amazing yeah, i think going to his oh what's the name of his new new coach new old coach i guess it because he's he's known the guy for forever but they had him he kind of came back and was working with him starting in the masters and obviously we know that didn't go as well but you can see how he's kind of brought it back to like hey i don't have to swing hard i don't have to go after it hard to still hit it far obviously 324 yeah. this final round driving distance with 340 average so he definitely doesn't isn't lacking in power yeah by any of the stretch of imagination but he definitely looked a lot just kind of tighter all the way around oh yeah yeah michael bannon is the swing coach and um yeah i i think what he's did, done to like get his swing back on plane um it just makes it so much easier for him to play a cut shot when he's attacking the ball down the line. I mean, I don't know the data on what he was doing before, but it just, it felt like he was swinging out to the right by like six or seven degrees. Um, and uh, it, it, uh, these swings that he put on the ball this week really looked like he was swinging down the line or even, you know, a, a degree left or two right. to where this really looked pure um and, and he really stayed out of trouble at least until 18 where he, he kind of yeah that was the only back. one he really kind of lost left right yeah if you're if you you look at his his scorecard for the day i mean he bogeys 18 but like say kind of gets a good break that he pulled it as much as he did so that it bounced down to the water Rather yeah. than just kind of staying over that, and who knows where he would have had to have, have dropped otherwise. But then 
I mean, yes, he gets it, but he hits a phenomenal shot from that. That that lie, um, not necessarily the lie, the stance, because he yeah. got to place it. So it wasn't a bad lie. Yeah. But he still had the ball below his feet. Um, a few things working against him on the and hits just a brilliant shot and gets it on the yep. the upper tier. Um, which gave him a lot easier two putt than he would have had otherwise. Because if he does three putt from there, um, he brings Abram Manser, who, yeah, like charged hard with a, you know, three birdies in his final four holes. The only one he doesn't birdie is eighteen, but not a lot of people <laughs> or birdie in eighteen. Yeah, in the yeah. final uh-huh. round, so. Yeah, as you look at how this this tournament went out, one, it was probably one of the most exciting tournaments I'd seen in a long time. Like, you had so many things happening, um, so many people creeping up towards the top. And and what I liked best about this was Rory managed the tournament well. Like, he, he got birdies where he needed to down the stretch. And it was it was great to see him do that and then get that two-shot lead and kind of just you know, manage the court or the tournament from there on in and separate himself to where I think some of the guys didn't feel like they could get there. The ones that actually right. had a chance, he just, he pulled away. And, and that was really evident on the par five 15th when he put that birdie in. Um, and yeah. so I, I was really impressed. Usually, um, you, you know, the term fold like a cheap suit and Rory McIlroy go really well <laughs> together in a sentence, but on this one, my goodness, he, he was a Rory McIlroy bold. Like I've got this, I can win this. And he, he played really well. So yeah, we're impressed. Well, his post round interview and like I said, and I want to touch on that in a little bit, but you know, you, you talked about him taking advantage of spots that he needed to. And the guy who didn't do that with was Keith Mitchell, right? Yep. Short par, par four, eighth, where he, he's just right in front of the green. Doesn't make, doesn't make birdie there uh birdies has a huge birdie on 13 hits a great shot in there rolls in a putt but then hits it right in front of the green and and doesn't make birdie on 14 uh it's a great shot t shot t ball on on 15 doesn't make birdie on 15 mm-hmm. um and then bogey's 17 to really kind of put him out of it makes a really good putt to, to end up still tied for third with with victor hovland but just doesn't take advantage of his his opportunities. Um, yeah, on there, but he, unlike he, Rory, who did. Yeah, he was smashing the ball. I mean, he was yard for yard just as long as Rory McIlroy. In fact, he actually averaged longer, three thirty six off the tee uh, on the final day. So he, he was uh, really not on the final because Rory on the final oh, day was three forty. So yeah, he was behind, right. but I mean, still plenty of of distance. Yeah, uh, I mean a few glaring things. Obviously, he his strokes again putting was 0. 0.023. Yeah, where Rory's was one point seven. So a lot of uh, missteps with the putter. Yep, for sure. Yeah, so that was that was tough. I mean, he maybe I know he hasn't been in that position very often, and so I bet there was some some round four stress. You know, final group that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, for sure. And one guy who always makes it interesting. Uh, yeah. Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, yeah. Who, who decides after a 74 in the second round that he's going to fly home. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for a guy that's supposed to be good at math, he <laughs> wasn't good at math uh, that day. So he finds out while he's on his way home. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that he's like, oh, I made the cut. So catches a flight, I think they said 2.45 a.m. Yep. To get back to Charlotte and uh, fires 68-68 <laughs> to end up uh, in with the top 10 nine. finish. <laughs> yeah, tight for ninth. Like, how about that? Little little trip to Texas in between round two and round three. So you might need to do a couple more of those because you yeah. finished – really well for the weekend like yeah. that's actually one of the best finishers mm-hmm. so he he 
like I said, he, he kind of made fun of himself and said, he's like, uh, yeah, just a quick trip home to, to get in a workout at, at the home gym and, and back to, <laughs> back to Charlotte. Uh, but you know, all, only DeChambeau right. uh, would pull, would pull this off. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. And he didn't sleep much that night. He like got back in at like 3 a.m. or something and then had to yeah well he got back in i I think he did actually do a workout and then caught a flight at 245 out um back so he obviously didn't get get much sleep in because my guess is if if he took the 240 a.m that's 345 so he probably got in at like five or six o'clock into charlotte and then to the court probably then straight to the course (laughs) and then to the t um but worked out for him just a yeah funny funny little antidote that uh will chalk up to him not paying attention very much i don't know what the, what the deal was there <laughs> but it's yeah. funny um but yeah so we talked about that and it was i'm just reading there where about Rory's drop on 18. Mm-hmm. Um, it took them quite a bit to to figure out what he was going to do, right? Is Does he try to hit it back into the fairway where he's hitting across the creek and off a down slope? And if he catches that, it could have could could have got really messy there for a little bit or play it to the left of the creek and just a little bit in advance of the little bit. Um, but I think he did a prudent thing and, and, and made his drop because then he, he knew worth with where he was going to drop it. It was going to roll, right. He was basically dropping it just outside of yeah. the hazard line so that it was rolling back in. Um, but yeah, I think he made the good choice because his lie was, was pretty nasty where it was. Um, so taking that drop was a good decision obviously but yeah i mean he managed it well kind of put himself in a sticky situation getting that fairway wood left but he utilized the rules and just got it actually hit a great shot yeah that's a really tough shot when you have the ball below your feet there's some pretty big risks that happen and one you can just lose your balance and just miss it <laughs> right two um you're you are leaning on your toes but um it's really hard to rotate when you're bent over that far and then um three what you, you typically see a lot is um people think that you will you'll hit it right because the ball's below your feet you might be you know dipping the toe down but usually what happens is people catch the hosel into the turf and it shuts the face especially and you can snap it left yeah. especially when and it's so a, you have, a severe downhill like his was with a lot of body yeah. grass yeah there was no there was no chance of him getting to the green from there and i don't think that was even in his in his thought process um which is where the caddy relationship comes in mm-hmm. uh, so key and they were talking about it and Rory actually says he's like, and his Harry Diamond is his his caddy's name. He's like Harry was awesome out there. He's like, especially with the decision on the last. He's like, I was ready to go in and find a way to hit it, hit it, you know, from from where it was, which a lot of players would have done because mm-hmm. it's there, it's it's playable. You're thinking, okay, if I advance this out, I give it, give myself a shorter time in there. But he was like, hey. <laughs> Let's let's think about this a little bit further. Yeah. Um, and then they came to the decision to drop it, which was a good decision, kind of a pretty stress-free bogey to to get it on there. And then, like I said, gets to place the ball because of how they utilized the drop. Yep. And the hazard. So fun times. Good to see Rory back in the in the winter circle and kind of 
looking like his old self again because when he's on it, he's on top of his game, he's he's pretty fun to watch. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see whether that continues through what we've got two two weeks until the PGA. Mm-hmm. So one more tournament. It'll be fun and interesting to see what happens on that that last one. So yeah. Uh, but but I'll so. let you you take over uh for the, oh yeah for the equipment highlight there's definitely a couple of things that uh a couple of changes or at least one change that he made um in particular that's that's very interesting yeah yeah i think i think a couple things to notice and i'll, I'll do this in a particular order that i think makes sense um first of all he is playing the new tp5x golf ball and if anybody's ever tested that golf ball, um, it's a great golf ball off the tee. It's probably one of the longer ones I've ever hit, um, the, the, the generation before this one. But the um, irons are fine. Everything's fine. But it doesn't spin very much around the green for me. Right. So they took that feedback in and they made the new TP5X to have more spin, more feel around the green. And this is a huge benefit because um, a lot of the players loved how the ball reacted in the wind, um, off the tee, on the irons, but they just didn't like chipping with it. And that was one reason Rory actually switched to the TP5 when he was playing with Tiger and the Masters. He's like, wow, Tiger's hitting these awesome shots that can check up and stop and do things around the greens. And that was something that was lacking in his game. And so when TaylorMade redeveloped the TP5X, that was a, a major part of that um, design. They wanted to increase feel around the greens. And I think that's why a lot of the players are actually switching to that ball now. Right. Um, and so that that's a big change, a golf ball change. And uh, obviously good result for him. But I think that played with his irons. He was playing the, the TaylorMade P7MBs for a good you know, four or five months right when they came out, he put them in, but, um, this week he switched to the Roars Protos, which are basically the, the P seven thirties. So the old irons he was playing. So he, yeah. he switched from a ball that didn't spin much now to one that might spin a little bit more, even on irons and to irons that had kind of a centrally low CG now to the Roars Protos, which kind of have a little bit higher CG. Yeah. And so, um, I think spin was a, a, an added benefit to this change. Yeah. And like I said, in, a lot of the guys are doing that just because they want the spin so they can control the ball a little bit more, right? Get it on there, let it move left to right, right to left, do some, some different things that way, which makes sense, right? You, as good as these guys are, they just want to be able to control it and do what oh, they yeah. need to do. The, the big thing too is if you're hitting golf balls into you know, rock hard PGA tour greens and they're not stopping where the ball's landing, that's upsetting. I mean, just this week when I was hitting shots onto a green and they weren't stopping, I, I, it made me mad. And so um, <laughs> you want a ball that spins a lot and man, uh, when you get one that you like and you can flight well and do all that stuff with and you're hitting greens and it's great because it's a drop and stop um, approach shot. And so I think that's what really helped Rory is he got irons that uh, gave him a touch more spin ones he was very comfortable with and yes. having that new ball. I mean, obviously he's, he, it made a huge difference because he got into the winner's circle. So just that edge he needed. Yeah. that And he putted as good as he's, Put yep. it in probably five years. <laughs> yeah, so, that's very. True. I mean that that makes a little bit of a difference. Uh, <laughs> maybe all the difference. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I I I think it's all a whole package too because you get confidence off the tee with the swing change, hitting more fades, and then he's hitting more greens, controlling the ball, and that confidence just leaks right into putting. And once they get hot, they it's hard to stop. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is, and you've heard it a couple of times from a couple of different players. Um, but 
the crowd makes a difference. Oh yeah. I, I don't know if you watched his, his post round interview, um, but he specifically made comment of how much having the fans out there, like yeah. in close to full, almost full capacity. Right. But he's like, he mentioned that, you know, when it first happened, he, he might enjoy the peace and quiet. Um, <laughs> but he's like, he's like, I didn't realize how much I feed off them. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's pretty cool. I, I'm glad that life is getting back to normal and we get roars and, and fans cheering on. I mean, I can't say that I miss the mashed potatoes or light the candle, but uh, it is good to hear some of those. Uh, yeah, nobody, no, nobody. I think <laughs> anybody who yells that at a golf course should be immediately removed and punched in the face. <laughs> I, I know that sounds a little harsh, but it's it's definitely just punishment for yeah for for yelling that. Um, so. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, the last the last piece to the equipment highlight is Rory is playing the Tiger Woods 56 and 60 degree wedges. Like, how about that? Uh, there, I mean, if anybody's playing TaylorMade wedges on the tour, right? There's some guys, and I've been, like I said, I haven't, I'm not gaming the the TW wedge, but I've got a TaylorMade wedge. And, I'm partial to the high toe because yeah. I played the PM grind. So I'm partial to that look. Um, but the high toe gives it just in a little bit smaller package. Um, but those guys out there, right. If you have the choice between just the, the normal MG2 or the TW um, with how it's constructed, I don't know why you wouldn't choose the, the TW grind. <laughs> so you know, I, I actually play the 60 degree wedge and I absolutely love it. Um, you know, this, this is a wedge that has more bounce, but, um, but they do a great job on the trailing edge of it. And it's, you can really let the bounce work on some of these open face shots. And, um, I love it cause I get a little steep. And so if I have a wedge with more bounce, it just, it's so much easier yeah. to hit and you're not taking out beaver pelt divots with it so <laughs> i i love it and i think that my most favorite part of the wedge is it has a straighter leading edge some wedges get really rounded in the front this one has a very straight leading edge and um it really appeals to my eye and so uh, it helps me line up the wedge better yeah so i I, I love it so far. I actually went online to look at what a 56 would be and lead time right now for golf equipment is like four months. So it's, like you can get it in August. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a long time. Um, but yeah, with that pre-worn leading edge, it, like say gives it that little bit sharper leading edge, but then the bounce, right? And that's what the reason I've, because I'm actually playing the high toe Bigfoot yeah. Um, in my 58 and have loved it, right? The ground, the turf interaction with it is amazing on just little flop shots. For one, with the high toe, you can you can hit some crazy stupid shots that you can't hit with any other ones because it's it has the full face yeah. um, grooves on it. So you can you can get really toey with it <laughs> and mess around with that that a little bit um but yeah it's it's been fun to 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 mess around and like i said it's changing from the pm grinds which i didn't ever think i would do i've i've really enjoyed the yeah. the, the high toe so far that's awesome yeah i didn't think i'd switch from vokies but um here I am, not even with a Vokey in the bag. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, I've still got one Callaway wedge. My my bag is getting more and more mixed as as the year goes on. Um, I think I have. Let's see. Of my manufacturers, I've got a 
I've got a Scotty Cameron. So I've got Titleist in the bag. I've got mm. TaylorMade in the bag. I've got Callaway in the bag. I've got Shrixon in the bag. I've got oh. Ping in the bag. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely a mixed bag. Um, still need to adjust lie angles and maybe some lofts, but so far, um, I don't know if we talked about this before, but uh, I do have my um, Shrixons that I built. I think I talked about this last week, uh, but the Shrixons built up, put them in play for the first time on Saturday and was uh, pleasantly surprised. They didn't, I mean, obviously that's why I got them because I was hitting them well uh, during some testing. So yeah, it's been good. So we'll see how they how they hold up. I've got a another tournament this Saturday down at uh, Palisades Golf oh. Club in Central Utah. So we'll see how they see how they work out. Yeah, yeah. So you're switching from the blueprints to the Srixons for now. Yeah, for now. Um, but. Like I said, as of as of now, I don't know that I'll switch back. Um, really liking what I'm getting with them, and I really kind of think I like the ground contact with them with the V-Soul on that, um, which is another one you say you like that straighter leading edge. Uh-huh. Ones that you may at some point, I know that you're not going to ever switch from the, the TW even if yeah, unless they change it, but kind of tricks on Cleveland where the Cleveland wedges kind of have that same kind of flat or more squared off yeah. leading edge as well. Nice. But no, other than that, any words of wisdom to leave the, the listeners with going into the week? Um, Besides going to play more golf and then <laughs> some more golf. Uh, it's just, just that time of year where days are getting longer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really just prepping for Bandon at this point. I am. Any chance I get to walk 18, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and walk 36 in one day sometime next week. So um, just you got to be prepared can't can't show up in shoes that give you blisters or you're gonna ruin your week so yeah or you could just like the first time i played i was i had all the best intentions of of getting prepared for it and i didn't i actually went to uh, (laughs) i played one round and went to san francisco with the family like the the couple of days leading up to it and actually flew out from there to Mm. to abandon and then Probably played 135 holes in in three days. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, all oh. carry, carrying every every single round. So uh, that's when the adrenaline just kicks in and gets you through. But it'll be a fun time for you. You're headed in June, July, end of May, end of May. Do you need to be over there when the the PGA Championship's going on, or is it the week after? Oh, I think it's the week after. Yeah, I might be MIA. (laughs) That'll be it'll be fun though. It's great golf. Um, Definitely an experience. Um, Every golfer should should undertake at least once in their lives. probably more than once. Um, but it sounds like fun. I'm a little, little jealous, but I do have some pretty good golf coming up yeah. uh, at the end of June. And then uh, in September, probably some, some good golf as well. Uh, so until then I'll just settle with playing golf around the great state of Utah. (laughs) Go get it. All right, listeners. Thanks for tuning in and 
go play some golf. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Buttercuts podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating, review, and subscribe. We appreciate it. Until next time, keep hitting the buttercut.